0: Good morning and welcome to kind of a combination show. We've done this before of both the Cloudcast and the PodCTL Kubernetes podcast. So we, we've we done that once before. We got a, got a lot of really good feedback from people and we are going to do that again today. So Tyler, welcome back. Hey, thanks for uh, having me over on this side too. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a couple of real quick housekeeping things for folks. Um, first off, if you are on the East Coast, if you're listening to this on the East Coast of the United States, anywhere from looks like Florida all the way up to Maryland or whatever, um, get out of the way of that hurricane. Uh, take care of yourself. Listen to whatever advice they're giving you about taking care of yourself. This one looks really big. So we want uh, everyone to be safe and, and sound and healthy and, uh, you know, watch out for the folks around you as well. So uh, definitely watch out for, for Hurricane Florence. Um, the other thing is back on the PodCTL next week, we're going to do kind of a mailbag show. We, uh, we've we gotten a whole bunch of questions here recently from listeners, um, things through email and through Twitter and stuff. So we're going to kind of do a show that uh, answers a bunch of your questions. So if you have any questions and you hear this, uh, say, before next Monday or Tuesday, um, shoot them to us. You can either send it to uh, podctl uh, at gmail.com or shoot it through the Twitter address as well, and we'll, uh, we'll try and get those answered for you. So cool. So Tyler, you know, when we look at sort of the most popular shows we've had both on uh, Cloudcast and PodCTL the last six, eight, nine months, um, service meshes come up, Um, Istio and service meshes, and people are very interested in kind of all the different things it can do. So we thought today would be sort of fun and and have a chance to dive into that that space uh, a little bit deeper today.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, the the two kind of halves of the topic go uh, hand in hand, too. So people, you know, like service meshes, you know, what they can potentially provide from a um, sort of scalability perspective, but then also uh, on the security end, too. So very excited today to have John Morello, who is CTO at Twistlock. John, welcome
0: to the show. Hey, thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. Yeah. So excited to talk to you because uh, Twistlock is, you know, not only um, – do we, you know, partner together from a technology perspective with Red Hat and Twistlock? But, but more importantly, uh, Twistlock is really well recognized in the industry for, uh, you know, your chops around containers, around Kubernetes, around security, around trying to bring AI to the security space and bring more intelligence around it. So excited to have you on the show today!
2: Yeah, thanks. I'm happy to join you.
0: So let's get started real quick. Just. For anybody who doesn't know either you or Twistlock, give us a little bit of your background personally, and and uh, you know kind of the things that the Twistlock is doing. Introduce us to the company as well.
2: Sure, sure. So uh, I'm the CTO. Um, I was I, I think employee uh, two when we started back in 2015. Uh, before Twistlock, I was uh, at Microsoft for about 14 years and did um, a whole bunch of different things, a lot of them um, in the security space, mostly around uh, our crypto stack, like Active Directory Certificate Services and so forth, um, that ships in Windows. Uh, and then I was a CISO at a Fortune 500 uh, chemical company. Um, and when we started uh, at Twistlock, you know, the container space was very new. So we spent a lot of time um I'm frequently having a conversation about, like, what are containers? How are containers different than VMs? Uh, You know, why do you need security for containers and so forth? Um, It's been really interesting to see over the past three years, uh, not not just the fact that we have a company have grown quite a bit, but that the market itself has really matured a lot as well and that, you know, it's no longer – sort of um, a fringe thing where you got a few guys that are developers that think, you know, this container thing is really cool because it makes their job easier, but you've got some some really major customers and, um, and you know, core kind of mission-critical scenarios that are people are addressing with containers. Uh, one of the neatest, like, milestones that we've had recently with Twistlock um, is, you know, we can now say that we have a uh, more than a quarter of the Fortune 100 runs runs Twistlock. More than half the cabinet level agencies in the U.S. government run Twistlock, and I think you know not only is that something we're really proud of, but it also speaks to the maturity, of the overall space with containers that you know you're seeing containers go from being a. a, a Kind of a, a, demo or a uh, like a technical concept into something that people are really relying on in their businesses that people are running uh, mission critical applications on and and really look at as the next generation of infrastructure, uh, following those waves of virtualization and and IaaS before it.
1: Yeah, and I th- I think that makes sense uh, as Brian uh, said earlier at the top of the show that you know one of the most popular. Um, Show topics we've had and and is and I know it's the same thing I talk to a lot of people now is is things like service mesh and and, and projects like istio and I think that kind of uh matches perfectly, but like what you're seeing is you know as you know containers started out as just a you know a dev thing or very kind of proof of concepty but as it's maturing and you know has a place in uh, environments in production, this is sort of like the next level of you know the environment is how do we now get get smarter and and bring in some of these other technologies to take containers to the next level and really seems to be service mesh is one of them. Um, can you just uh, talk a little bit about the basics of of why someone say who's running containers now wants to look at using a service mesh?
2: Yeah, I mean I think the service mesh is it follows much like the security pattern with containers in that as people. Uh, when people first start with them you know your use cases are more simplistic and you might say, well then what why do I need security or why do I need in this case service mesh as people start to use containers for running, more and more sophisticated applications, you start to see some of the um, some of the gaps that containers themselves, containers alone, uh, don't address. And that's not not in any way designed to to imply any kind of fault with you know with Docker or, or Open Containers for that matter. You know those following the the kind of general Unix philosophy, they were designed to do a particular thing really well, and that particular thing was to isolate processes and uh, file systems and so forth from each other so that you could have a kind of a, a virtualization of, of the host OS. Um, they weren't designed to be a way to manage across different hosts or to uh, route traffic across different nodes. Um, they were designed to do their, their particular job. And what a service mesh allows an organization to do is to, to really more effectively route traffic between multiple containers that span multiple nodes and possibly even multiple like physical sites and clouds you may have a service mesh that that you know addresses resources in AWS or multiple regions in AWS and, and on-premises or you know AWS and Google Cloud for example or whatever it may be um, and and that service mesh is, is designed to, to really typically provide a, a couple of, of, uh, of, of major sets of functionality one of them is just routing to make sure that you know traffic from one microservice reaches another microservice properly and reliably. Uh, And and to be able to do that without you having to worry about fragile ingress controllers and and ingress mechanisms and ensuring that you've got just this specific kind of routing topology that's all bespoke and and, uh, configured in in a very manual way, service meshes are designed to really make that a much more dynamic, discoverable sort of thing where you just kind of deploy your application and traffic kind of magically flows to the nodes that it's supposed to without you having to worry about that at the IP layer. And then secondly, there's there's kind of a security aspect to service mesh as well. At least, you know, Istio, which is, is kind of the predominant one right now, um, talks about security as being one of the fundamental deliverables there. And, and it is, but it's, it's platform-level security in the sense that what Istio is trying to do is provide a... Uh, a uh, uh, an, an authentication mechanism so that a particular microservice can authenticate and, and I guess authorize to some degree um, the access it has to other microservices in the environment and to provide encryption of the traffic across those microservices such that, you know, again, if I have a, a deployment of an application that spans multiple clouds, I shouldn't have to worry about if one of those microservices um, sits on a cloud that's different from the one that's calling it um, and that cloud is separated by the internet. I don't to worry about that traffic going in the clear over the internet. And so one of the other things that Istio provides is security in the sense of uh, of encapsulation and encryption of data in transit. Uh, which is an important capability um, that that the service mesh provides as well. There's a lot of kind of, um, I, I guess, fringe things. Maybe you wouldn't even consider them fringe, more, more sort of like development deployment things that, that service meshes provide as well around like making it easier to do A-B testing and so forth. Um, but to me, at least, the, the things that are most interesting and most relevant to most organizations is going to be the, the routing topology and the simplification of ingress routing. Um, and then there's, there's just kind of built-in security and identity primitives that you can use to provide those kind of basic levels of, of secure communications between the different microservices.
0: Yeah. So, and I think, I think a lot of people, um, you know, because Istio is still fairly new. I mean, it just became GA 1.0 GA here just a few weeks ago. Um, but people that have been following it are kind of keeping up with it from the the proxy and routing capabilities where, where, as you're talking to, to companies, where does the security conversation start? Where does um, you know? Obviously, we start to get into proxying and we're, we're kind of intervening in, in traffic flows. But where does the deeper conversation uh, around security start? And and where does where does Twistlock kind of play a role in that?
2: We actually um, we, we wrote a, a blog piece about this. I think it was published in the news stack that uh, we'll, we'll share with you guys in case you want to include it in the links on this podcast. But basically, the the place where we see Istio is providing the really this great value to customers is making some of the things that historically have been difficult from a security standpoint easier. And and, and primarily amongst them is providing an identity framework for the application components rather than like user accounts you know historically people have tried to shoehorn um, application authentication in, in with some kind of users you know like my my app runs as user XYZ and so then you try to reuse uh, existing operating system and, and um, application level uh, primitives that understood user accounts to try to represent an, an application identity and you know, that could work sometimes but generally it wasn't a really great fit for that and typically required a lot more manual effort to do so so is Istio provides this notion of uh, of really providing a set of capabilities about like what an application is and, and through service accounts and be able to to really utilize that as a way to authenticate uh, components with each other. So, you know, you could say that, like, you know, my back end component should only receive traffic from this particular front end component, for example. The other thing that that is provides that that historically has been difficult, that Istio makes a lot easier, uh, is around providing just end-to-end TLS automatically. Um, You know, historically, if you wanted to provide TLS within your environment, it meant that you were going to have to go out there and manage the issuance and uh, lifecycle of potentially many different certificates and, and key pairs around the environment. Um, and while there's there's tools and practices that exist, none of them are particularly like friendly and simple to use. Uh, and I think one of the things that Istio provides that's of most value to people is the fact that it just kind of is there by default. I don't have to go to, a, to any kind of real work to ensure that traffic flows between the different components of my application uh, are always going to be encrypted. It's just kind of a core promise that's there. And the way that we look at at security from a Twistlock standpoint, we're really you know a, as a company, we're really focused on on not just Um, trying to provide like basic platform capabilities, but but really trying to provide active threat defense. And and that comes from a lot of different things that we do from, you know, detecting and preventing vulnerabilities throughout the life cycle of your application to the active runtime defense that we use, where we actually model what's normal and then automatically prevent anomalies, like in terms of process activity or file paths or network IO and so forth. And none of that really changes with Istio, but what Istio allows us to do is to provide a, basically be able to learn about the, the environment more uh, accurately with a higher degree of fidelity than we could without it and to be able to, to encourage our customers as we almost always do to take advantage of what the platform provides natively versus us trying to trying to somehow compete with. In other words, we don't look at like it uh, ever being a question of like, should I use Istio or should I use Twistlock. It's really about providing multiple layers of defense in depth. Istio provides great things again for providing that awareness of, of services and, and how they interact with each other. And it provides a great like baseline of uh, ensuring that traffic is encrypted between the endpoints. What it doesn't help you with though is you know if if your front end um, uh, microservice has some critical vulnerability in it, and somebody exploits it. You know they're running in running code within that microservice. Well, Istio is still going to route that within your environment as it normally would. It's still going it to encrypt the traffic, but it's going to be encrypting you know, potentially attack traffic from from there to the back end. And that, that's the kind of thing that that you know we at Twistlock help with is identifying and preventing those those threats by building on the the underlying platforms that Istio and Kubernetes and even Docker for that matter help provide.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think um I think that's that's key when when we talk to customers they're looking to, you know, keep things as simple as possible um while getting these type of advanced uh, capabilities and and kind of I think that's um you know obviously things like Istio where you know the the microservices service mesh uh type of capabilities is more with the platform versus you know sort of like the Netflix model of, of building it yourself. Um and one of the things with that is um, well, obviously you could always do multiple containers per pod and from a Kubernetes perspective, um, but I would say it's relatively uncommon. Um, but with service mesh, it, it, it is common because you're going to basically your one container is the application. The other one is the, the service mesh proxy. Um, when you start looking from a security perspective, do you do you need like another container agent pod or is it leveraging the same sort of uh, through the, the integrate with the service mesh proxy?
2: Well, I and mean, know oh, our approach with it is it, it, not just with Istio, but but regardless of whether you're using a service mesh or just Kubernetes or even just a standalone host where you're running containers, we never add any uh, additional code or additional processes to the actual containers that you're running. Um, I, I know some of our competitors take that approach. We think that's you know just fundamentally something that doesn't scale well, and from an operational and management standpoint, um, really detracts from the the the, the kind of the best practices for how to run containers. So with Twistlock, on each node, um, each compute node, each OS instance, you're going to run on top of that OS instance a single Twistlock, what we call a defender, Container And that Defender container protects all the other containers and pods that run on that host, but it doesn't inject anything into them. Uh, and so what we're basically are doing is acting as, as kind of a sideband monitor. Um, we don't run as dash dash privilege from a Docker concept um, or Docker standpoint. Um, we basically take a, a very selective degree of additional permissions on the host that allow us to act as part of that host OS. But without having raw device access, we're still containerized into the self. And most importantly, without having to actually uh, inject ourselves into the actual running namespaces that that the other containers that are on that host have. Uh, Because I think if you do that, you end up with a a situation where you're kind of recreating that that ugly scenario that you saw with virtual machines, where if you've got a host where you've got, you know, 10 VMs running and each of them has your antivirus software in it, you know, you're spending half the CPU cycles in that host just running antivirus software. Uh, And I think it can be the same kind of thing if you try to inject software into every every one of the pods. It's running. You end up running so many copies of of the security software. You really lower the scalability that you're trying to achieve with the containers.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the things I've been curious about, curious about, and and I haven't uh, personally had a chance to to dive deep in either with um you know with some of the developer side folks. I know we have some people that look at that, but um or or the like CISO security folks. How how have the conversations gone um, so far that you've had with folks? Is they're they're kind of adapting to this. Service mesh model, right? They were very used to, um, like you mentioned, either having you know dedicated agents that they would use for something, or the developers were were saying, "Well, I've got to build this security into my application and, and all that code." Like, how are you seeing the education around this transition of like you don't have to worry about that as much anymore? It's going to be built into this sort of platform layer, mesh layer thing. How, how have you had any conversations yet? Just that are you know, people get it or they're struggling with it? Or what have you seen so far?
2: I would say right now it's still so early, um, for, for most people that, you know, a lot of customers are still are, are right now just still like doing their first deployments of containers and Kubernetes and OpenShift and stuff. And so for them to like get to the point where they realize that there are still some unmet needs that something like Istio could help with. I, I wouldn't be uh, <laughs> not be lying to you if I told you that like the mass market, I think, is really at that point yet. I think we're, where we're at today with Service Mesh is kind of where we were with orchestrators like maybe two and a half years ago in the sense that that, like people that are that are already advanced in the current state of the art um, realize that there is an unmet need and that there are projects that are that are being developed to help meet that need. Um, There's a lot of talk about it. But I think that the number of people who really understand the the space and what's required and and the pros and cons of different options is, is still relatively small. Uh, I think that'll certainly change over the over the next couple of years uh, as people again have more and more sophisticated applications that they run in containers. But right now, the kind of conversation that I have about service mesh most most regularly uh, with people is, Customers wanting to understand, like, well, what is it? You know, why do I need this service mesh thing if I already have an orchestrator? So that, like, that's the first conversation. And then, secondly, you know, a lot of times they may have heard of Istio and they hear about security as being one of the capabilities that Istio provides. Uh, and so we have that same conversation that, that you know you and I just had a, a few moments ago in this in this podcast about there's a difference between like platform level security, which is good and, and wholesome and everybody should take advantage of, um, which is designed to provide like the, the kind of the, the basic best practices that are there uh, and the kind of like active threat protection and detection response type stuff that, that we're doing. Uh, and so it's not, again, a question of either or, but of, of having those multiple layers of defense and depth. But um, I guess the, the summary to answer your question is it's still very early. Most people don't really, you know, most people being like fortune 500 type decision makers don't really understand the need for a service mesh yet, and if if they do, um, they're still very early in just understanding what their options are and, and what are they want out of it and what the requirements would be.
0: Yeah, so um, you know, as if you, for like early adopters and so forth, um, you know the, the service mesh again, any distributed system, people talk about, you know, it's it's great for. You know, quickness of deployment, and you know, you're building smaller applications. But then you're you're splitting stuff up. You're having to deal with networks in between, and and so forth. What are you seeing as as some of the tools, whether they're visualization tools or others that that are useful for folks um, as they're building microservices, potentially using service meshes to make this less unruly and more kind of visible and manageable, and so forth.
2: Yeah, actually, that's a that's a good question because I feel personally like that's one of the areas that. Is in need of the most development, the most improvement today. There's there's some very rudimentary kind of raw, almost proof of concept like projects around um, visio visualization. Um, excuse me, of visio integration uh, visualization. Um, but there's not something that's like a, a very easily understandable like um, visio like depiction of what that service mesh looks like. Um, and that blog that I was referring to earlier that we wrote on, on the news stack, that's actually the, the key product uh, capability that we're adding to Twistlock in our next release uh, for Istio integration is adding that Istio awareness to the view that we have that we call Radar. So Radar is something we've had for a long time in the product that basically learns all the connectivity between all the different microservices. You know, pre-Istio there was just, just Kubernetes Ah, uh, components talking to each other, Docker Swarm for that matter, and being able to model all that and to show like how they communicated, the ports and protocols and directions of traffic, and then then providing a bunch of data overlays like the vulnerability state of the images and the pods or the compliance state and so forth. And what we're doing with Istio is we're able to learn even more and to learn more about the specific protocols. So uh, the way that we've done it historically has been basically a layer three inspection. So we could tell you like this thing talks to that thing over a particular port, but we didn't really have protocol awareness like like Istio gives us some, some abilities to, to have. Um, we also can discover via the Istio API information about the services and the service accounts that are used and be able to show that as an additional layer of of, uh, of data in that radar view. And so our goal with within Twistlock is to leverage those those uh, capabilities that, that the Istio API provides to be able to discover and learn and enrich the data that we're already showing you about that how those those. Uh, uh, microservices communicate with each other such that you get, you know, closer and closer to basically having a live network map that every time you're doing deployment, we're learning about how everything communicates with each other. When you have Istio present, we're able to learn about it in a more definitive manner to be able to show that to you on the radar view. And then again, to be able to enforce those connect- connectivity patterns um, by being able to create policies that are then ingested and, and enforced via Istio. Very cool.
0: Very cool. Well listen, um I think we're gonna kinda of wrap it up there. I I think uh like I said, we'll, we'll we'll get the uh the link to the blog in the show notes plus some other good things uh around you know ways people can kind of get their hands on service mesh and so forth. Tyler, um any last things to kind of wrap up on, on the service mesh discussion?
1: Um yeah, no, yeah, I think um I think it was pretty, you know, kinda it's a pretty good way to start thinking about those two together. Uh early stages like um you know, like John said, that people aren't really you know, it's really early adoption phase with service mesh. Um, so I think this is actually a good time to be thinking about security, uh, where a lot of times it ends up being an afterthought at the end. So, uh, you know, kind of thinking about those two together, I think it's, it's good timing.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's always, it's always good to get ahead of this stuff. The last thing we want to do is is keep continuing the the habit we have of, of talking about security and adding security at the very end. Hey, John, um, real quick before we go, um, you know, let folks know where they can uh, where they can hit you up and find you. You know, out out and about, if they want to ask you questions. But also, real quick, just give us a, a little bit of background. I know you do some some very cool work, um, sort of volunteer work to keep the the coast down in Louisiana where you live uh, safe and clean and so forth. Just give us uh, two seconds on on what you do in that space.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm uh, on the board of directors for the Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana, which is uh, the state's largest and, and uh, oldest nonprofit advocacy group for uh, environmental stewardship of the coast. But primarily around the, the problem that we have in Louisiana with uh, coastal land loss, which is largely close, caused by uh, man-made factors like the damming or the, excuse me, the uh, living of the Mississippi River, which prevents sediment from flowing into marshes, which and then over time is eroded through just natural wave action and, and relative sea level rise through uh, through climate change. Uh, and so, you know, we're doing a lot of work with CRCL to, to try to strengthen that and preserve the, the natural and, and even the, the kind of the cultural impact of, of Louisiana's coast. So thanks for having the opportunity to talk about that if you're interested in that, you can go to crcl.org for more information on that, uh, and you can find me. Um, my Twitter handle is MorelloNet, so you can find me at MorelloNet, uh, and you can follow us on Twistlock at Twistlock Team.
0: Very cool. And we'll get uh, we'll get all that in the show notes for folks. And uh, John, with that, I want to wrap it up. Thank you so much for the time today to uh, to talk to both the Cloudcast and PodCTL listeners about you know uh, a topic they're very interested in service mesh and istio and uh, folks if you're if you're looking in that space definitely dig into the security aspects of it as well don't get caught you know behind the eight ball trying to add it at the last minute so with that tyler we're going to wrap it up uh, folks as always thanks for listening and we will talk to you next week